welcome back. It is. It's literally been like a month since we've recorded, and uh, I'm not mad at that. Um, you know, we've talked about it in the past. We're not going to try to force anything, um, and uh, whatever God wants to do with this, He'll do. And so, here we are, <laughs> a month later. So much has changed, but not also nothing has changed. You know, I I remember we, um, so back in December, November, December, um, Torrin Wells did his little concert because, you know, he's opening up a church here in Austin, Georgetown. Yeah, he did it at the Georgetown Square. Yeah. And um, Pat Barrett did uh, the opening for him. And he came up on one of his songs, and I, I think it was Build My Life, um, or one of his popular songs. First one I remember by him was uh, Good, Good Father. Maybe and it I was think he, one. Then he did Build My Life. It was one of the two. Yeah. And uh, Or maybe even, what's the the new one, that or the most recent one? The, I just need, have mercy. You know what I'm talking about? So maybe it was that one. I don't know. It was one of the three. But anyways, he was talking about how they were, him and his wife were going through a really hard time with some friends. And he was like, you know, man, I would, I was coming to God and I was praying and I was praying and I was praying and I was asking him to like change everything. He goes, well, I just want to let y'all know what happened. Nothing changed. (laughs) And he goes, but God is still sovereign and he still showed up in all those moments and he goes, my situation didn't change and we still had conflict and life was good. Like I, it didn't affect us. It, you know, um, we continued to believe and we continue to have faith and we continue to walk with him through it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and God continued to walk with us and, and our expectation was we wanted things to change and it, and it didn't. And then we got comfortable with that. It's crazy because it leads into what we were just talking about, as we as we always do. Adrian and I always talk about stuff before we get on, and this really aligns well with the topic. And I wasn't expecting that. Yeah, sometimes you'll just get the tail end of our conversations because we had we had really good conversation before we we started recording. <laughs> um, but we've said it before that that's what comes first, like this relationship that we have and the ability to to talk through things and, and walk through life together and, and be able to, to talk through deep things together. That is the core of why we do this. Um, we're friends that are trying to follow and be like Jesus. And we have conversations about that. And, you know, when we started, Alex wanted to share that with others kind of to share with them what God was doing in our lives, but also to share that model, you know, kind of, it's not revolutionary or, or like new or novel, but it is an instance of two men walking together, trying to follow Jesus. And hopefully that, you know, encourages you to, to find someone to walk with. Um, so, our relationship and our, our desire to, to walk with each other following Jesus and, and trying to, to be more like him 
and to help each other grow, um, that's important. And sometimes, you know, sometimes that's not recorded. In fact, most of the time that's not recorded. But then sometimes it is. You know, I, as you were just saying that, I was thinking about Owen's birthday because he just turned six this past week. And I posted something on, on Instagram. And uh, one of the things that I realized as I wrote it is how true what you just said is, which is like I'm living my life and my son is mimicking everything that I do. And he's becoming more and more like me. And in that moment, I realize, is he becoming more and more like Jesus? Bro. I, the accountability, <laughs> as I wrote that. That probably slapped you in the face. Dude, hard. Like, <laughs> He's looking more like me, but is he looking more like Jesus? Yeah, dude. And as you just said that, that's, you know, are we, are we, are we living out the gospel? Are we, are we looking more like Jesus, right? Is our relationship and our friendship, does it mimic Jesus? Are we encouraging each other in that way? And then from that, are we going and doing that with others? I can say yes. Here's the other interesting thing about the podcast and talking about it. And I think, I think I've touched on this before is we also try to be careful not to just talk about it because I think the human condition, at least for me, is sometimes you can talk and talk and talk and talk because as long as you're talking, you don't have to do anything. So, so it's like... So it's like, it's like, there's gotta be both like, yeah, the, the talking's great, but are you actually, actually living it out? Um, are you being a good friend? Are you being a good employee? Are you being a good father, a good brother, a good sister, a good husband, a good, you know, mentor, a good servant? Are you being just a good person? Are you, are you being a person that in how you live your life, are you being a good customer when you go to Circle K? Right. I mean, are you being a person that embodies, you know, the person of Jesus? Yeah. Um, and I guess the interesting thing, thing there is, is if you're thinking about it, um, I don't think you're quite there yet. Right. If I'm actively thinking about it, I, it's like... I have to do that. It's the whole, what would Jesus do bracelet thing again? I mean, that that's, that's helpful. Yeah. But if I'm actively thinking about it and it's not just coming out of my heart, well then, I mean, it's kind of that fake it till you make it thing. Yeah. You're trying and, and I, I, there's probably some of that too. Like you have to, we have to be conscious and aware of it. But the hope is that, um, what is it? John 1 14, where it talks about Jesus, the word became flesh. Well, I think the hope is my heart's desire and my hope is that, that as I read the word, um, and as we read the word, well, I'll just say it for me. I'll just own, own it for me that it would become a part of me Yeah. and go from my head to my heart, to my hands. Because when what I've read makes that journey from my intellect 
to my mind, to my soul, my mind, will, and emotions, to my actual body. When it goes through my spirit, my mind, will, and emotions in my body, and then it changes my character and how I live my life. Well, then what's happened is the word has become flesh. Yeah. Um, and then I think, then we start following Jesus and becoming more like him. Um, but again, like even as I say that now, it's like, well, that, that sounds interesting. Yeah. I think are of, you doing it? I think of two things. I remember you and I had a conversation when we were having Chinese food a couple of weeks ago. And uh, we were talking about a certain relationship and you were like, yeah, I would, I would highly advise you not to say much. <laughs> and, and I think about like the more that we say here, and I mean, it's a podcast, so we're going to say a lot. But the more that we say here, we have a very high probability of someone calling us out on some, you know what, if we don't live it correctly. As we should. Right. Because. Yeah. I mean, I think we put ourselves here. So the, the more, the more that we, we say, I think the more that you say, the less that you're doing. Mm-hmm. So yeah. the recurring thing that keeps coming up for us over and over and over again is say less and do more. Yeah. And even when you were, we were talking before we started recording, talking about how to help people connect. Yep. How do you encourage people to connect? How do you encourage people? How do you create a, an environment or a setting where people are connecting and creating real, real deep, meaningful, healthy relationships? Mm-hmm. Well, you could tell them to do that. Yeah. Or you could just invite them to lunch. You, you, you can live it. <laughs> you can actually live it out. And yeah. what, one of those approaches is going to have a more profound effect. Yeah. Um, you could say, hey, y'all need to go out. And that was the other thing. That was the thing that we talked about that I thought was so interesting is um, we're worried about that group of people. How are we going to reach that group of people? How are we going to reach that group of people? How are we going to reach this other group of people? Well, how about you start with reaching that person? Yeah. <laughs> Just reach that person. Look up. Yeah, look up and, and see the person in front of you. I love, we were sharing that we, we saw this this Instagram post. I don't even know who the guy was. Um, But he was talking, it was this pastor talking about how um, God is not going to put a single person in front of you that he didn't intend you to, for you to serve in some way. Like if there's somebody in front of you, they've been put there so that you could serve them in some way, even if that way is a simple hello or a smile. And this is something that that God's put in my heart the last two years that I, I keep saying over and over and over again. It's like, this is like burned into my heart. Walking out the gospel of Jesus begins with the person standing right in front of you. If that's your son, if that's your daughter, if that's your wife, if that's your boss, if that's your your husband, your wife, um, your uncle, your the person at the convenience store at the gas station, who's that person standing in front of you? Because if we believe that God is sovereign and he ordains all things, then guess what? He ordained, we ordained that person being in front of you. Yeah. So what are we doing with each of those opportunities? So a lot of times we think about outreach and we have to reach out to this community, that community, that community, that community. Well, on any given day, write down the, the number of people that you have intersections with. What have you done with all of those opportunities? Yeah. Man, if you're not living with purpose from that alone, geez, like that, that gives me, that, 
that opens up my mind and my heart to so many things. And I, as I, as I, even as I walk out this door, as I go to coach the kids, right. I get to serve them and they're little people, right. <laughs> they're little they people. Are. They're little people. And like, how impactful is that? You know, I, I, as you were, as you were explaining the, you know, what would Jesus do bracelet? I got two, I got tattoos on my forearms and it says Jesus lives. There was purpose behind me getting them when I would, when I had gone through my divorce, um, my first divorce, I, it was a moment that I encountered Jesus in a deep way. And from that, I never wanted to forget that this was a, this was my stones that Stu talks oh, yeah. about, right? This Stone, was, the remembrance. Yeah. yeah. This was my stones. Um, and I love tattoos. Like I want to get a lot more, but anyways, um, and I remember when I, when I was thinking about getting them and as I was getting, as I was sitting there with the tattoo artist and he was like, why do you want to get this? And I'm like, I will always want to remember this moment of my encounter with him. And, uh, he was like, oh, okay. He goes, I didn't know if you were just getting this because, you know, all these Christians out here in Texas, you know, they're just putting on, you know, all these, you know, passages, you know, and they don't even do anything with them. Like, no, no, dude, there's, there's, there's a reason behind this. There's purpose behind this. And as you were saying, you know, uh, about the, what would Jesus do sticker uh, bracelet? I was like, man, I never, I never want to let these become that. You know, especially when they've been, when this has been, this has been a stone for me, right? These are the, these are the pillars that I've set as a remembrance. And if they ever become words that carry nothing, then I've stomped all over what God has done in the past. Purpose. A a light, I could see a lot going through your head right now, bro. I'm trying to, I'm trying to distill it down because I don't know if it's going to be like, You don't want those those symbols or that those tattoos to become meaningless. Um, yep. I, I wonder if if our very behaviors can become meaningless. A hundred. If we're not intentional about them. A hundred percent. Like the way that we behave, or the things that we do, or the things that we don't do. Yeah. We kind of do them mindlessly. Like, oh, I'm just. This is just how I do stuff. Like. I think there's there's a self awareness and intention are very very important, and it's so. Um, I think it can be easy. I know it can be easy for me to go from. You can be cruising along, mm-hmm. in cruise control, where you're doing something that's not very stressful and it's very routine, and you just do it. But then you can also be in the mode where, and that's not intentional. It, it's like kind of intention, but you're kind of doing it on cruise control. But then there's also the situation where um, the waves are coming and you're reacting. Mm. And it's not, it's not so much intention as it is just reacting to everything that's happening. Like, you're, you're just trying to stay afloat. Yeah. And like being intentional yeah. and not reactive, um, being yeah. responsive and intentional. Dude, I just think about how many marriages go through that. Like they are just living out day by day, like just not showing up for each other. And, and I can speak from experience cause I've done it. 
you get comfortable. You know, life is good. You don't need Jesus in that moment. Things get rocky. Oh, do you're grasping for whatever life vest you can get. Jesus. But I've seen a lot of marriages go through that. Like there's, they get, they get stale because they stop being intentional with each other. They stop dating each other. They stop showing up for each other in the way. And, you know, and then, and then you, we talked about the, you know, that clip on Instagram of, you know, whenever we're offended, we're not, we're not offended by the person or the thing that they've done. We're offended by our own emotion. By our perception of what's happened. Yeah. And we're passing it through the filter of our experience and our baggage. And, yep. um, yeah, because sometimes people will do things like there's times where people will do things that are intentionally offensive. Like True. they want to hurt you, they want yeah. to offend you. Yeah. Um, but even then, like you have control in, in how you receive that and how you perceive it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you have other situations where um, a person isn't even aware that what they did was hurtful and you're hurt, but nobody ever actually did anything to try to hurt you. Yeah. That's like, just because of how you perceived it, like, no. And then you, you, you know, you find yourself in these situations where you go confront them and they're like, Oh, did I say that? I'm I'm sorry. I just missed, I wasn't, I didn't think anything about it. Yeah. But then by that point, you've already been offended, offended. You've built up this narrative. You've kind of got all this emotional momentum behind it. And you've been stewing and, yeah. and they say something that clears it all up to diffuse it. But because you've, you've, you've already, the emotion, you've, you, it, I really believe that emotions have momentum. Oh my goodness. Yes, they do. Like they carry and they carry that weight. And, um, short accounts, people short accounts. I just did this. So I did this thing uh, yesterday and I knew it was probably nothing. Really, it was probably nothing. We were having a conversation at at the gym that I go to and um, like several of us were talking and my coach was talking and I got kind of excited about something I was sharing and I talked over him. And I I don't even know if he noticed or not, but I caught myself and then I kind of finished my sentence and I stopped and I waited. And he kept talking. He didn't, he didn't seem affected by it or offended at all, but it bugged me. I realized I had done it. I'm like, I'm not going to let this situation go. Yeah. So later that day, I texted him. I'm like, hey, man, um, I'm sorry. You've always been respectful. You've always been encouraging and stuff. And and I cut you off. I'm, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to do that. I, that wasn't my intent. You deserve every bit of respect, you know, that I can give you. And I'm like, maybe it's nothing, but if it is, you know, I'm I'm sorry I did it. Yeah. And he was real gracious. He's like, no, I didn't think anything of it. It's like, okay. <laughs> yeah. But it was yeah. like I felt convicted in that moment. Yeah. And I think in our interactions, I, I kind of feel like if I'm aware, short accounts. Because you never know, like, it's too messy. Like, you can say something or do something that offends someone. You don't know what their state is, where they are. And you don't know if that little thing that you did or didn't do is going to be the seed of something that starts snowballing for them. Yeah. So we can't control everything. Right. 
But like in this situation, I'm not walking around paranoid that everything I do, you know, like, oh, I'm going to have to walk on eggshells everywhere. Right. It's not that. But in this instance, I felt conviction. Yeah. So I'm grateful to God for that conviction, for the conviction of the Holy Spirit. And all I can do in that moment is, hey, if I feel conviction, I need to act on it. Yeah. So I did. And then, okay, Lord, thank you. I did that thing. And then... God can use those moments yeah. to speak and do other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Your obedience to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's interesting. Cause I've seen, I've seen the, the, the teeter totter of people going to the extreme of being so self-aware and being overly empathetic that they close up and they never speak up or they never do, you know, or if they do, they apologize for everything. Yeah. And it's Every, like, Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's like, no, it's, it's not, not that. Right. Um, but I do think we need to, to be sensitive to, to the Holy Spirit's conviction and yeah. God's leading. And, and I think if we're spending time with him and we're in his word, I think he's, he's going to shine a light on the stuff that needs to yeah. have a light shined on it. Yeah. That, that attic uh, thing that we talked about, I don't know how many weeks yeah. or months ago. Yeah, emotions, they... I mean, I, I can speak just for myself. You know, over the past two weeks, you and I have talked about it. I've had a really rough past two weeks emotionally. You know, uh, we're getting closer to launching our product and dealing with different relationship, you know, things and uh, friendships and, you know, all these things, you know. Um, uh, and I've I've let my emotions lead me the past two weeks and it's driven me into a deep hole and then I got to the point where Adrian and I, you know, I, a weeks, maybe months ago, he had mentioned fasting together. And I, um, I've never really fasted food before for like a purpose of something. And so I got to a point, I got really to the end of myself where I was like, all right, I need to, I need to do something different. And if God is going to like answer because I was fasting, then, then cool. Then let's, Let's do this. So that was my intention walking into fasting was kind of like, all right, God, this is like my final surrender. Like answer me here from your ivory tower, you know? And, uh, and what he did was he showed me how I was being overly emotional, but he pulled me in. And the difference was him saying, yes, you are leading with your emotions, but come here. I love you. Come to your father. Because that's safety. You need a hug. I needed a hug. Oh, my gosh, bro. I remember that episode. That was so good. And I, I, oh, yeah. I needed sleep. I needed a hug. I'll tell you, emotional stability. You want to get yourself right? Go take a long nap. And then watch God do something cool. Our feelings can lie. All the time. And I think it's important to be aware of that. At least it is for me. Knowing that your emotions are, they're flawed. I mean, God designed us with emotions. Mm-hmm. They're, a lot of times it's a, a defense mechanism or it's, a, it's something God built into us to, to experience joy and safety and self-preservation. There's, I mean, but, but it's not, they're not a perfect system. They're, we're flawed. Yeah. 
So sometimes those emotions, they lie and they, they send signals to us that are incorrect. Yeah. Um, I'll never forget when we had uh, Jessica Patterson on. Because mm-hmm. I just quoted, I was quoting her yesterday, and I remember. of all the things she said, like the most profound one was like the simplest. Yeah. And I, I still, I was sharing it with my sister. We went for a hike and, and we're talking. And both of us, I guess both of us had had a day or something where we, we were just like, I, I was sharing with her this particular day. I'm like, I just woke up feeling kind of pissy and cruddy and don't really know why. I just, I'm not, I'm not feeling like a nice person today. Yeah. <laughs> and I could just hear Jess. What's that about? <laughs> and that's that's literally what happened. As soon as I asked that question, I cracked up. It's like, what's that about? And it's like you you kind of detach or you recognize um, that you are not your emotions. Yeah. You are not your emotions. Yeah. Uh, no more than if you're driving a car, you are not the car. Mm-hmm. Like they're two different things. Yeah. You can drive a car and it can have a, a low front driver's side tire and the car's pulling off to the left, but that doesn't mean you're the car. Right. But being aware of what's wrong, you know, you're like, okay, well, I need to compensate yeah, because this car is going to pull to the left. If, if my front driver's side tires, you know, really low and I'm on the freeway going 65, which I probably shouldn't be doing. Right. Um, the car is going to pull to the left. Well, I'm aware it's low. Well, guess what? It's harder to drive the car. When it's got a low front tire, you can still drive it, but it's harder. Yeah. It's harder to stay between the lines when you've got a low front tire. When there's something wrong with the vehicle that you are driving, it's harder to keep it between the lines. Yeah. Our emotions, living our lives, I feel, are the same way. When there's something wrong with our emotions, when there's something wrong with us physically, it's harder to keep, keep the car between the lines. Right. Man, and how, how often do we not see that as a warning sign that we need to do something different? I think we just, we give in to the emotion. We react to the, we respond, we react to the emotion or, or lean into whatever that emotion is. And then it, it, it leads to destructive behavior. So yeah. if you wake up pissy and, and you, you don't have this self-awareness of, hey, what's that about? What's going on? Because as soon as you recognize it and you detach from it and you realize that, then you're like, all right. I'm feeling this way. I'm aware of it now. I need to be conscious and intentional and aware of how I interact with people. Mm-hmm. And I need to go get my oil changed and run to God. Yeah. I, I need to get this fixed. Yeah. Because if, if you just get up and you go through the day and you don't take that moment, you know, take a breath and, and acknowledge it, you go through the day and you're just, going from guardrail to guardrail. Like somebody says something to you and you just, you know, you, you react negatively. You say something harsh because you didn't acknowledge, Oh, there's something going on in me. And they're like, yo, what happened? Why'd you just rear end me? What did I do? Yeah. Well, you didn't do anything. I just woke up in a pissy mood. Yeah. Man, the days that I don't sit with God are the days that I usually like, um, test it the hardest. And I am like, at the end, I'll, I will get to the end of the day and be like, man, well, that was a, that was a, 
really crappy day. Like, what the, what was that about? Jess, <laughs> what was that about? Um, and then I'll realize, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> Not once did I even acknowledge God. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, there's a problem. Now, keep in mind, just because you start the day with prayer. Oh, preach it. We, we don't. Preach it. I don't, I don't want us to sell a bill of goods and like, oh, well, if you get up every morning and do your devotional and pray, it's going to be green lights all day. Intentionality. <laughs> it's intentionality. You know, it's not, that, the act. It, it's not, it's not a formula, Mm-mm. but if I have the choice to start the day with him or without him, I'm going to start the day with him. Mm-hmm. And you know what the day may go good. It may not go good. Right. But I can promise you it's going to go worse without him. Right. It's Pat Barrett. Nothing changed. Nothing changed. <laughs> <laughs> the day still sucked. I still had conflict, but I, I wasn't rocked by it. My behavior wasn't rocked by it. My emotions weren't rocked by it. I was still founded in him and I was able to get through it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, don't, I mean, yeah, don't, don't take my, my comment of the days that I don't spend time with him as a checklist. Because in the moment, it's the moment that I realize intentionally I didn't turn to him when I needed it. And I know it, like I can, I will get to the end of the day and it's usually it's at the end of the day and I'm like, oh, because I reflect, because I reflect a lot. I'm, I'm so analytical. I, I reflect all the time. And I'm like, dang it. I didn't open up my Bible. Didn't pray. Didn't even, didn't, nothing. No wonder. Think about it. There's days that you can start with them and they go crappy. 100%. And there can be days that you start without him mm-hmm. that seem to go great. Yeah. And then you're like, Maybe I don't, I don't need him. Mm-hmm. Be careful. <laughs> That's a fine line, buddy. You're, you're like, walking a dangerous line there. Like you, you don't, you, you don't think you do. You're yeah. like, oh, everything's great, but it's like nothing is great without him. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Nothing is you, great without him. You you perceive it as it's like no that you're experiencing a substitute. You're experiencing something temporary. You're experiencing something that is a very poor substitute for. A life lived with him. There's no great thing apart from him. Man. When you put it from that perspective, it goes back to what we were talking about earlier, purpose. That gives you purpose. To live intentionally. Not attach yourself to your emotions. And live in the fullness of him. I think choosing... I don't know if we talked about this before, but choosing your purpose. I was thinking about that scripture, choose you this day who you will follow. Mm -hmm. When you choose your purpose, that will shape your character in your life. And I think we get less concerned with finding ourselves and who I am. Who I am is defined by the purpose and who I am is his child. Like, 
I don't need to search for that. And as his child, my purpose is to follow and be like him and serve him. And there's millions of ways to do that, million expressions of that. Um, but following him, that's our, that's our, that's my purpose. Um, and I would hope that that shapes my behavior, my character, my desires, my joys, my hopes, my dreams, um, if they're centered around the, the purpose of following and being like Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not so concerned with finding myself because he's already found me. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Thank you. Yeah. And I'm sure there are people that need to hear that. That is good. Oh, yeah, I heard a pastor say, or I don't, maybe it wasn't, I don't know who I heard it. Maybe it was you, I don't know, but um, if, you're, if, you're, if you're still searching for purpose, you haven't looked up. Simple. Very. But it's hard to see that when all you're thinking about is me. Because I've been in that desperation in the past month. In... And going through fasting was that moment of like looking up. Because when you're desperate, you're just trying to cling on to whatever you can get to fill that need. We need to be desperate to surrender and not, and not surrender because we're desperate. And that's what I've learned. I think our heart posture moves towards that the more time we spend with him. Mm-hmm. I think the more time we spend with him, the more we want to be with him. If you've ever had those times of prayer where um, you sit down to pray and you have this really intimate, powerful time with with our Father, with God, just praying, and you lose yourself in that in that conversation, just in His presence. When I've experienced moments like that, I don't want to leave. I don't want to leave those moments. Because in those moments, um, I have all I need. In him is all that I need. I just think of um, nothing else. You know, it's funny because I was listening to that song when I was in the midst of my desperation. Mm -hmm. And I literally thought to myself when I was listening to it, that that line, I never want to leave. I'm not here for anything. I'm not here for blessing. I questioned that in me. I was like, hmm, do I believe that? In my desperation. And then what God imparted on me in that moment was like, I'm far more than monetary gain, bro. And that's when I realized, okay, my position of heart was very off. I needed, I needed to change it. I think that's what happens the more and more we're in his presence. Mm. I think we become more aware mm. of the state of our heart. Yeah. And it is fickle. But he still wants to be with us. Yes. What did you share earlier when we were talking um, before we jumped on? It was something around that. Um, 
Oh, it was our identity. Yeah, finding who we are in him. I, I Really starting to believe that most of the problems we experience as humans are related to the fact that we're not secure in our identity. We don't know who we are in him. And not being secure in, in who we are in him as his sons or daughters. Right. Um, that lack of having a secure identity drives our behavior. Um, I think I shared it last night when we did the, the group. Um, if I hold up a piece of canvas and I, you know, I get a paintbrush and I just smather, slather some paint on it and I give you that canvas, it's like, what's this worth? Not much. Mm. But if I have another canvas and I tell you, this was painted by Rembrandt or Matisse or Van Gogh or Picasso. It's worth a lot. We are that canvas. Yeah. We are that second canvas. Only we don't recognize that. Mm-hmm. And there's something to be said about that in the fact that that canvas didn't paint itself. Yeah. That it can take pride in itself. My sense of worth, my sense of value, I can be secure in my di- I, in my identity and who I am in Him. Mm-hmm. I can have security and confidence and feel confident and loved and secure, but not proud, mm-hmm. because my value doesn't come from anything I did. Yeah, my value comes from the nature of the fact that. He created me and I bear his fingerprints and brushstrokes. That's what makes me valuable. And there's a tremendous sense of fulfillment and security and joy in affirmation in that. But there's also, for me, a tremendous sense of humility. Because I didn't, I didn't do do anything. I didn't do anything. Yeah. And uh, it's one thing when you see yourself that way. There's a sense of security and and there's a sense of peace and stillness and humility um, and just this feeling of warmth and being loved and affirmed. You get that from, from sitting in the truth of that identity that you are fearfully and wonderfully made, that he knitted your innermost parts. That's one half. But then there's a whole nother dynamic that kicks in when you realize that that truth also applies to the person standing in front of you. Mm. That's good. Because they bear his brushstrokes and fingerprints. They are valuable because he created them. How am I treating them? Yeah. We just went through the book of, we're wrapping up the book of James in the sermon series. And I think it was chapter two or three where it talks about not treating the rich one way and the poor another way and treating people differently. How do you treat the people in your life? How do you treat the people you know and don't know? How do you treat people that look different than you? How do you treat people that are older, that are younger, that are more affluent, that are less affluent, that are of the same culture, that are of a different culture? How do you people treat people that are 
introverted like you or extroverted like you. Because I'll tell you this, every single one of them is fearfully and wonderfully made. Every single one of them is precious. Every single one of them bears his brushstrokes and his fingerprints. Every single one. Yeah. Every single one of them is loved by him and precious and valuable. Do we recognize that in every person that God puts in front of us? And this goes back to walking out the gospel. Mm-hmm. Begins good. with the person right in front of you. Because I'll tell you this, every single person Jesus saw, he saw what he created. Yeah. Do we see that? Because I think if, if we see that in ourselves and we see that in them, I think that would dramatically affect how we treat ourselves. Yeah. And how we treat others. I just started watching The Chosen. And uh, I haven't gotten to this clip yet or this the, the part of the season, but I saw a clip yesterday of uh, the actor that's playing Jesus. And I don't know where it's at in scripture. Um, I don't remember reading this anywhere. Um, but there's a moment where one of the disciples was under a fig tree praying in desperation. And, uh, and then it, it shows the, the, the person like crying out, screaming into the sky at God, like, where are you? Like, why haven't you shown up for me? And that, that visualization, like I can tell you in desperation over the past month, I have been that dude. And um, like, when are you going to show up for me? Like, when is it my time to stop suffering? When is it my time? You know? Uh, And I, uh, as I saw that clip, it goes to Jesus and uh, meeting this person. And, and uh, the person introduces the person to Jesus, the disciple. And, and, and he goes, I've been waiting for you. And the guy goes, how do you know me? And he goes, I saw you under the fig tree. And in that moment, the disciple just, or that, or I don't even know if it was one of the disciples, the person in the story just broke down weeping. And uh, he's like, and, and Jesus's response to him is I've always seen you. And I thought that was such a powerful visualization of the shepherd shepherding. There was a specific point that I had I was going to go with, and I completely forgot it as I was just, you know, I took on the emotion there for just a minute, and I was like, oh, man, that was, yeah. Man, he's good. He's always seen you. Yeah. When we moved here to help launch, that reminds me of what God put on Paula's heart, and he put it on her heart for her mission statement when we got through Catalyst. Yeah. What it, when they asked Paula, what's, what's your mission statement? And she felt that God said to her to make people feel safe, seen, and loved. Yeah. And it feels like that's the part that we have to play. He's always seen us. Yeah. So how do we bear his image? Well, Part of it is by seeing others. Do you see them? Like, do you really, do you see them? Or do you see through them? Or do you see past them? 
Or do you see only those that pique your interest? Oh, yes. The thing that I sent you on the walk, this reminds me. Oh, yes. As far as seeing them, I think it'd be really interesting if rather than looking, the phrase popped in my head, rather than looking for extraordinary people, if we were to look for the extraordinary in people, I think when we look for the extraordinary in people, we will find that everyone is extraordinary. Yeah. Yeah. And I can say that confidently because his word says that they're fearfully and wonderful. His word says that they're extraordinary. Yeah. But I think as broken humans, it's easy for us to look for extraordinary people. It's harder for us to look for the extraordinary in people. So maybe that's an action item. I was just about to say that. For, for this, this week or this season, because really it feels like this should be something that we always do. Yeah. You know, I, the, the first thought that came to mind, I don't know if this is the Holy Spirit or not, but this requires you to get outside of your community. Because it's easy to find extraordinary things in your friends. Um, and what I pictured is people meeting and walking with somebody and doing life that they would never have thought to do that with. You don't even have to look. Yeah. Who? It's anybody. Who do you run into <laughs> on a given day? It's not even like it's a mission, like go out and look for them. No, yeah. like who? Yeah. <laughs> who do you intersect with? At any moment. At any moment in a day, because whether you see it immediately or not, there is something extraordinary about them because his word says there is. Yeah. So then that actually makes it a lot easier. The bar is set a lot lower because I don't have to go out there. Yeah. I don't have to search because if we do that, we're doing the same thing before. We're, we're searching for extraordinary people. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, no, let, let's start with the person right in front of you. Yeah. I'm getting your coffee at the grocery store. I told you when I went, I went and did a walk in the afternoon when I ran into uh, to you coaching yeah. the, the baseball and the kids and stuff. Yeah, I just, I was walking at the park, doing laps. And I never do this. I'm, I'm normally pretty shy, like with, out in public with people I don't know. I just, I won't just, well, I didn't. This is changing yeah. over the last few years. Yeah. Um, now I'm much more inclined to just talk to people. But I've never just like, this was just weird. So I start walking that lap, you know, I said hi to you, said hi to Briley, you know, and, and I start walking around the track and there's a dad and his daughter and he's probably like in his forties. And I think she, she just graduated college. She's like 20 something or so. And, uh, I start walking and we're walking about the same pace. And I just said hi to him. And we started, we walk like a mile and a half or a mile together, yeah. just talking. And I got to know about him and his daughter and, they grew up here and it was like his name was Rocky and her name was Montana. Yeah. And I loved just walking with him. Yeah. Just listening. Listen, he used to coach baseball. Yeah. He used to coach little like all the grades as his kids were in baseball. Yeah. Listening to him tell stories about that and listening to his daughter talk about graduating high school, going to college, coming back, how much the town has grown and all of that stuff. Yeah. There was just something very intriguing about just walking with them and hearing you're getting a glimpse 
just a little glimpse into their lives. It's like, I wanted to know more. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And if it hadn't gotten late, it's like, I would have kept walking with him. Yeah. Um, but that was, I wasn't looking for anybody. They, they were we there. just happened to run into them. Yeah. You know, that's. That happened. I'm like, okay, God, that's, this is who you put in front of me right now. Yeah. And it was more of a blessing to me than anybody. So like, who are you intersecting with and what are you doing with every one of those intersections? Are you seeing them as opportunities yeah. to, to discover the extraordinary in, in the person in front of you? And I got to be careful how I say this. Don't take this as an opportunity to be overly spiritual. And, and let me, let me explain why I say that. No, I, I'll, yeah, yeah, it's like, you're not going to like Jesus juke it and turn yes. this in. No, just, just be. Yes. Like we didn't, we didn't talk about church and I didn't walk them down the Roman road to salvation and all. No, I just, I just had a, a moment to observe and appreciate two of God's children. Mm-hmm. Like, and just delighted just walking with them. Yep. Just, it wasn't like. Literally. <laughs> literally, <laughs> literally. Literally walking. walking with them. Yeah, it's. Yeah. Oh, it's funny because when you, when I saw you. And I did see them, like, I, I thought there were, maybe it was a new, like, family at the church, and you were like, I don't know, I have no idea. I just thought it was, like, someone that went to our church, and I didn't, I didn't recognize him. I was like, who are these people? I've never seen these people in my life. Well, that makes two of us. I'd never seen them before right. in my life. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but it looked so natural. It, it looked like you had known them for years. And I was like, I have not been looking up, because I don't know who these people are. <laughs> and they even waved to me. Yeah, they did. You know, and I'm like, hey. <laughs> Whoever you people Yo, are. <laughs> good seeing you again, buddy. Oh, um, embarrassingly. But you know, that that is yeah, when you're when you're doing it with intention, it looks and it feels natural. And it you're not hitting them over the head with the Bible. You just I mean, when when I look at the gospels, Jesus wasn't walking around to people like <laughs> Smacking them, <laughs> like spitting scripture at him. He was he was living scripture. Yeah, and uh, I felt a little bit guilty because another similar incident happened where I was walking after my workout in the morning. I went and did my walk, and I was doing my walk, and uh, there's this young lady that walks walks out there at the same park pretty often, and she always walks with her black lab. And she's been walking out there for a couple of years and I see her out. There's certain people that you see over and over again. And I saw her. And the first time I saw her out there, I remember, you know, we crossed paths and I said, hi. And I'm always drawn to the dog. Yeah. I I love pups. And you're a dog person. So I remembered her dog's name was June. You forgot her name. (laughs) Last two years, man, I've seen her out there walking all the time. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's like I'll, when because she she walks the opposite. We always walk the opposite direction for some reason. Yeah. So we cross, and every time we cross, like the first time, I'm like, "Hey, June, how's it going?" And I'll say hi to her. And this last time, it finally bothered me enough to where I'm like, "Hey, look, I know this is going to sound a little weird. I'm sorry, but I know that's June. <laughs> <laughs> that's great that you did this, <laughs> but." And I'm embarrassed. And she started chuckling. I'm like, what is your name? <laughs> <laughs> so I finally, 
Her name is Carlin, which I thought was really interesting because yeah. I've, I've never known anyone named Carlin before. Me neither. And I've especially never known a girl named Carlin. I thought yeah. this was kind of, so it's like, now I can't. Yeah. Forget that. Yeah. Um, that, that happened this morning at the gym too. There was a new, I was finishing my class and the next class was coming in and there was a, a lady who I hadn't seen. Like every time there's somebody that I don't see, I, I go and just introduce myself and say hi to them. And the lady this morning, her name was um, Isa. Hmm. And it's not short for like Isabella or anything like, no, it's like. Isa. I-S-A. All right. Like, and I told her, I'm like, you were the first and only Isa I've ever known. Yeah. I won't forget that. Like, I'll remember that. Yeah. Because immediately I want to say Isa. Yeah. Yeah. But I thought that was interesting. <clears throat> but yeah, I was a little embarrassed that for the last two years I've, I've known June and we'll drive by there. <laughs> Me and Paula will drive by and I'll look over. I'm like, hey, sweetie, look, there's June. Yeah. yeah. Who's her owner? <laughs> now I know it's Carlin and June. I don't care about you, owner. I just care about your dog. I know people like that, to be honest with you. Well, look up, people. This is your chance. Live with purpose by looking up. And, uh, man, I, as God always does it, he always uses it for the good. Pretty simple. Yeah, just see the person in front of you. Every person in front of you. Yeah. With don't, a challenge. Yeah, don't, don't just look at at some and put the Jesus goggles on and like look at them tenderly and lovingly. Mm-hmm. And then the next person you're like, eh, I don't know about them. Yep. yep. It's like, yeah. Walk out the gospel of Jesus with every single person that he puts in front of you. And understand that, that sometimes it's going to be more challenging than others. But take that to him. It's like, hey, Lord, I'm trying to see. Yeah. I'm having a harder time. Put your heart Give me your heart yeah. and give me your eyes to see and feel what you see and feel when you look at them. That'll change your life. Yeah. All right, guys. Get out there. We love you. We'll see you next week. See y'all. Later.